Welcome, everybody, to the Locked on Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. Um, I'm going to be joined by you guys. Uh, I am recording, obviously, at a, at a slightly different time than I normally would. We had a tough night with Avery, so I tried to—I I just didn't have the energy after <laughs> after dealing with that. So I'm going to knock out some of these questions, and uh, you guys left some good ones on both the iTunes reviews, and then I asked for some on Twitter as well, and we'll be able to get to all of those. We have some questions about— some deadline deals that you guys might prefer, some names that the Lakers might be tied to, some names that the Lakers aren't tied to that you would like to see them tied to. Uh, there are some questions about uh, some rotation questions and 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 where the team kind of goes from here. Um, so let's go ahead and dive in. So the first question I'm going to look at here comes from uh, from iTunes. MG's Raiders writes Anthony and Pete. Knowing that Lonzo is near being eligible for an extension, do you think that the Lakers try and bring him back, or how do you think he would fit with this team? So Lonzo has been an interesting one because, on one hand, his numbers would indicate like this is a a, a winning player, um, and and he has done some things that have made him more of a winning player, but. For whatever reason, the the New Orleans Pelicans aren't winning at a particularly high level. And that's, you know, it's an oversimplification because there are all kinds of other factors. Like, I just don't think Eric Bledsoe is very good. Um, I I think there are some giant holes in the in the Pelicans bench. I think Stan Van Gundy hasn't done enough to optimize that team. And and, you know, there are there are bigger problems than Lonzo Ball in that organization on that team. And so I'm not saying that Lonzo is, you know, singularly responsible for the Pelicans not playing up to where they maybe should be playing, but there's just, I can't quite buy fully into him. I kind of want to see where he winds up after his time in new Orleans. And I want to see if he uh, continues to develop as, as a player. And, and I, I just think if the Lakers were to try to trade for him, they would have to give up more, like there's there's going to be a Lakers tax if they try to land Lonzo Ball. Now maybe he's available on the on the free agent market, and then it doesn't really cost the Lakers anything other than cap space. I'm not really sure how much cap space or what kind of exceptions the Lakers might have access to this next season. But you know, just if if after the Lakers traded for Anthony Davis, they were to approach the Pelicans and ask. All right, what? How much would it take for Lonzo Ball? They would probably have to spend two dollars for every dollar that any other team in the NBA <laughs> would have to spend to try to land this guy. So I just don't think it's going to happen. The fit on this team is an interesting one. Uh, switchy point guard who has improved from three point range is kind of the ideal backup. But is would he be better than Caruso? Would he would he add to the rotation? Would he outplay Dennis Schroeder? I don't know that he would. Uh, he might be probably be better than Caruso, but not so much better that you have to go out of your way and trade assets to go land the guy. Let's go. Uh, Piggish one eleven writes, "Hey Anthony, I know that your talk. Uh, I I know in your talk with Harrison yesterday." You said he would take Damian Jones over all available centers. Is that true? If Hassan Whiteside gets bought out, 
P.S. I don't know why uh, I am named like this. <laughs> it is a funny one, Piggish. 117. So, the, the Whiteside, he offers more of the the skill set closer, I guess, to Damian Jones. Is that in, in that, you know, you, you, actually, no, not really. I don't really know what Hassan Whiteside offers in 2021. Like in the year 2021, I just don't know that that Hassan Whiteside is really going to move the needle and help the Lakers in any real way. The one thing that I do kind of wonder is like with Marcus Saul out in with the safety protocols as long as he's been and I don't I I don't mean to speculate on a player's health, but with him being out this long, we're going on weeks now. Do the are the are the Lakers nervous about where he might be when he comes back? Like even even if even if he doesn't have COVID, you've been out for multiple weeks. Are you gonna like where are your legs gonna be at? And that rest and relaxation that we that was supposed to be enjoyed and recuperation that was supposed to be enjoyed over the All Star break. Can you really do that if you're in those safety protocols? So even if Gasol doesn't have COVID specifically, then there might be concerns that he might not be the same player when he comes back. And if he does have it, then he definitely, there are definitely going to be some concerns about his oxygen level uh, when, when he comes back. And so if the Lakers are a little nervous about Gasol not quite being Gasol when he comes back then that might make some sense why they're looking at centers who do some of the same things that Gasol does right the positional defense um in in the Marcus Aldridge's case uh the the ability to space the floor in Andre Drummond's case just the overwhelming size right and, and so like if if they're nervous about where Gasol might be when he comes back that would explain some of the duplication of skill sets that the Lakers are are keeping an eye on if you know with, with their potential big ads. Uh, so so I, I still would prefer like over all of only Drummond, I think, just because the talent level is so high. Only with Drummond would I say that I would rather have Drummond over Damian Jones. Um and and Whiteside is down I think even below LaMarcus Aldridge, because at least Aldridge spaces the floor. Whiteside doesn't really do much of anything other than just be really big. Let's take a quick second here. When we come back, I'm going to jump into your uh, Twitter questions. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today in a daily podcast, breaking down the biggest news stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. Today's show is brought to you in part by Headspace. Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that helps you sleep, focus, act, or just be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. 
Overwhelmed? Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation just for you. Need some help falling asleep? Headspace has wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, increase your overall sense of well-being. And look, I haven't messed up on this library yet. I After we went through the night that we had with Avery last night, I jumped on my Headspace app. I just kind of winded down a little bit and I was able to get a decent nice sleep and am killing this library. <laughs> Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule, anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel better, and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. So head to headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA today. Today's show is also brought to you in part by betonline.ag. Use that promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% deposit bonus as soon as you sign on to that website. Uh, today's bet of the day, the Lakers are at Golden State, and they are favored by two points at Golden State, which means BetOnline has them five points better than Golden State. And you know what? Let's keep this thing going. We made some money last uh, at, when they when they beat Indiana by five. I think the Lakers are, are capable of beating uh, the Golden State Warriors by more than two, even on the road. They're decently rested. No, they don't have Marcus Saul. No, they don't have Anthony Davis. Uh, but they are, and they might not have Alex Caruso because of uh, concussion protocol. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. But they do have LeBron James. They do have Dennis Schroeder. And the Warriors are still a very flawed team. So that's going to be today's bet of the day. Whether you want to fade me or follow me, do so at betonline.ag. They have baseball, they have golf, hockey martial arts, soccer, tennis, any number of sports that you want to get in on the action for. They have TV stuff. They have reality TV. They uh, just had the Grammys uh, last night or over the weekend, and they had bets for that. Uh, and, and they're always looking for new action that people might be interested in. So again, head on over to betonline.ag. Use that promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% deposit bonus. If you are going to do any gambling, though, please do so responsibly. All right, this next question here comes from at uh, Habe Show. They, I, so this is one of those questions, and it was, it was actually, it works out nicely that I was able to think on this overnight and, and get to this in the morning. So the question is, where do you see the game evolving in the next five to ten years? The current era being three-pointers and dunking with a certain type of player being effective at the moment. In your mind, what type of game will things evolve into next? Well, for one thing, if I answer this correctly, five years from now, I want you guys to come back here and, and, and give me my praises. If I'm wrong, I never made any of these predictions, and I was under the influence of, of lack of sleep uh, when I said all this. So evolution comes from necessity, right? That's always that's where, where it's, it's born out of. It's always kind of funny when Shaq craps on this current era when 
he kind of ushered in the need for three-pointers and spacing and all of that in a way to make up for not having a presence as dominant as Shaq on, on your roster. So you had this, this behemoth in the middle who couldn't guard on the perimeter. So you knew that teams basically knew that they weren't going to be able to defend Shaq very well. So how can they how can they make turn turn Shaq into something of a weakness on the other end? Well, let's just space the floor and let's score in ways that the Lakers uh, were not scoring at that at that time. And let's really focus on three point shooting. And eventually, you know, slowly but surely, we got there. And seven seconds or less is is always kind of looked at as the first example. But you know, just in general. There were pieces around the league, hell, on the Lakers roster that would indicate that spacing was important. The Lakers were really, really good when Robert Ory and Shaq were together because Robert Ory spaced the floor from the power forward spot. And if you had Kobe and you had Rick Fox and you had Derek Fisher out there on the perimeter, well, there's your four out lineup that and and Shaq had all the room that he wanted to work with. And because of the spacing, he was able to see where double teams were coming from and he was very good at either making the assist pass or throwing the throwing the pass that led to the assist and you know again the the evolution towards three-point shooting was born out of the necessity of dealing with Shaq and so now it's like all right well how can we deal with the necessity of of overcoming this math problem that everybody's in and and so far the uh, evolution has been well we'll all play by those rules we'll all focus on the math problem but you are seeing some outliers who are having success the lakers last year overwhelmed everybody with size and what you saw as a result is you saw a lot of these teams go out and get an extra big so that they can deal with the Lakers' size if it comes to that again, and if the the other the other thing that we've noticed is in the playoffs, a lot of the you know, analytics friendly type players, specialists, not players, because even the superstars are are analytic friendly players, but the specialists, right, the the three and D type guys or the guys who only score at the rim or from the three point line. Well, those guys see a minor dip in their value. And the guys who really show out in terms of their ability to to get a bucket are the guys who score in the mid-range, Kawhi, Anthony Davis last year. And and so what we're seeing is a renewed interest in that mid-range knowing that the the game has dictated that that's the kind of shot that you kind of need to look for now or not if not look for you need to be able to hit from there because you're going to be open from there more than you might be from three-point range and especially at the rim and so the if if the necessity right now is finding players who can score in that mid-range and then eventually the necessity is going to be defending players who can score in that mid-range that might open up things again for the three-point shooter, and and so I my the, the the reason I'm going I'm talking about necessity first is I don't think there's any way to specifically say because who could have predicted that Steph Curry was coming right and and who could have predicted 
that Dame Lillard was coming. And these guys who can shoot from the logo with no problem whatsoever. The last shot in the All-Star game this year was Dame Lillard pulling up from damn near half court. Like a step inside half court, barely changing his shot and draining it. It was a bucket. It was it was a no doubt about it. Everybody on his team was celebrating as soon as he released it because they were like, yep, that guy, that guy can hit from there. And so if... if Maybe that's the, the the next step that you'll see more guys being able to shoot from that range. And and yeah, I mean, you got Trey Young, even LeBron is shooting from there every so often. And as more guys show their ability to show from that range, they will force defenses way the hell out there. And and the other thing that need we need to keep in mind, too, is how will the league respond to some of the evolutions of the game? There was a, a, a conversation the other day about, hey, should they limit the number of three-pointers that a team can shoot over the course of 48 minutes or something like that? Or 46, I believe it was. And then in the last two minutes, you can let her rip wherever you want. And I don't. I think that's pretty extreme. Could you, could you push the three-point line out a little bit? Could you widen the court uh, also so that you... Are still get the corner three pointer and the value that 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 offers up when you back the the three point line up. Do you add a four point line for shots that are that far away from the basket? All of those things, you know, I don't I don't think any of those things are, are going to happen. But what minor tweaks might the league make to get to normalize things a little bit? Can they can they revisit? The way that shooting fouls are called on the perimeter compared to inside, that's something that they desperately need to look at, in my opinion. Uh, and, and as they do all of those things, we'll get a better idea of which necessities uh, the all these teams are going to need to evolve to handle moving forward. Let's take another quick second here. When we come back, I'm going to answer more of your questions. March Madness is here, and that means bracket challenges. Join our Locked On Listener Bracket Challenge group on ESPN. Submit your March Madness pick, beat your favorite hosts, and if you win, you'll get a guest appearance on Locked On Today, our daily news podcast. The link to join is in the show notes of this episode. Get your picks in today. Today's show is also brought to you in part by Built Bar. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all its bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It's Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is between toffee almond and milk mint brownie, and this one's a pretty easy one for me. Mint brownie is one of the better bars out there. Uh, I just it's it tastes like a thin mint and as the maybe third best Girl Scout cookie. It's still one of the better co- cookies out there. And and the uh, mint brownie tastes just like it. So head on over to BuiltBar.com slash pages slash brackets, and you'll be able to vote on today's matchup. And then check out BuiltBar.com's offering of insanely great flavors throughout the website. You have, you know, cookies and cream just took down Churro Puff, RIP Churro Puff. And, and you have coconut puff, you have coconut almond, you have cookie dough uh, chunk, and, and you have all of these great tasting protein bars. My brother-in-law gets excited every time I tell him that there's this new uh, flavor out there that he has to try, and he goes and he gets it immediately. He, he loves these things, and 
uh, he thanks me all the time for, for recommending them to him in the first place. So again, builtbar.com is a place to go and then use that promo code locked on 20 for 20% off your next order. One more time. That is locked on 20 for 20% off your next order at builtbar.com. All right, next question here comes from Desmond Sr. How exactly does P.J. Tucker fit onto this current Laker team? Would he be a sufficient replacement for Wes Matthews? Thanks for all that you do and the content you produce for us. No worries about the show not being out tonight. Family first. Thanks, man. So, first and foremost, it needs to be pointed out, P.J. Tucker's kind of washed. <laughs> like, so, that's that's basically what you're gambling on here is... By buying low on P.J. Tucker, and by the way, like Houston is saying that nobody can buy low on this guy. Look, the price is a price. It's The price is what everybody is willing to pay. And I don't think anybody is overpaying for somebody who I believe is making 30% uh, of his three-pointers this year, which is part of his value. Um, so maybe it's a situational thing because everything in Houston has been so freaking depressing all season that... P.J. Tucker hasn't quite been right so far. Also, he's not young. He's <laughs> His next contract is probably going to be his last one, his last multi-year contract. So if you're the Lakers or any team looking to acquire this guy, you do have to be a little nervous about acquiring him after he is washed, right? Just like we've seen with, with Wes Matthews. If P.J. Tucker is not washed, though, you get somebody who can body up against bigger wings and space the floor. That's what you're getting. And that's essentially what uh, Wesley Matthews was supposed to offer the Lakers this year. Now, Tucker is bigger than, uh, than Matthews is. So you have the opportunity to guard bigger wings with him than you can with Matthews. But in general, there is some... some uh, duplication of skill sets between those two players. Now, the reason, now the, the conversation has, and, and I'm responsible for it, I think, has been, been between Montrez Harrell and PJ Tucker. And what I think is Montrez Harrell, I think, lowers your, or, or raises your ceiling across your roster. But I don't know that he necessarily helps Anthony Davis in any real way. Like he, they, they occupy a lot of the same spots on the floor. They score from a lot of the same places and they are, are just kind of generally going to get in each other's way offensively. And with PJ Tucker, the, 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 my theory is that so long as he isn't just completely washed, which he might be. And if he is, then, I will point that out too, if that's how it turns out. But if PJ Tucker is on the court with Anthony Davis, both guys can make each other better in ways that I don't know that Montrez Harrell and, and Anthony Davis make each other better. And if you're going to have somebody paid, you know, upwards of ten million bucks a year, and he can't really play alongside your big or or if he is playing alongside your, your your superstar in Anthony Davis and he's just kind of getting in Anthony Davis's way or not allowing Anthony Davis to operate from spots that he normally operates then 
it's kind of a misuse of that $10 million. Unless you're just saying when Anthony Davis sits, Montrez Harrell comes in and we don't miss a beat. And maybe that is the theory there. And maybe there's value in that. And over the, you know, over the course of a playoff game, you do need to be able to throw somebody out there and, and have your bench unit make as much sense as possible. And, and, and that's where PJ Tucker might not help as much as Montrez Harrell does. Um, I just think, those minutes where Anthony Davis isn't going to be on the court, you're talking about 12-ish minutes in over the course of a over the course of a playoff game. And I would rather optimize Anthony Davis for the 36 plus minutes that he's going to be on the game than try to make the Lakers better for the 12-ish minutes that that he is not on the court. And look, maybe the Lakers can go out and get PJ Tucker without having to give up Harrell. And, and I think at this point, given how PJ Tucker is playing, giving up Harrell for PJ Tucker would be overpaying. So we'll see what a deal would maybe even look like there. But I I do think PJ Tucker is somebody that I would be willing to gamble on just because the situation in Houston has been so depressing that I, I just think it's impossible to to for for a role player to show out in any real way, given everything that's gone wrong wrong out there. Uh, next question here comes from Thomas Chavez. Uh, Thomas Chavez, are the Lakers eligible to play uh, to apply for a disabled player exception if Duds ends up needing season and ending surgery for his MCL? If so, uh, would it be for the or it would be for the uh, veterans minimum? Uh, would the hard cap still apply in that case? So I don't think they can. Dudley has played a few times over the course of the season. The injury is taking place after the All-Star break, so I don't think they'll be able to apply for that. The only things that are really going to help the the help against the hard cap is some kind of a trade where the Lakers send out uh, more money than, they, than they're getting in, uh, some kind of a you know, if they waive somebody, but even there, the, the money is guaranteed against the cap. Anyway, the Lakers are just kind of in the pr- predicament that they're in financially and, and they got to be able to make it work. Let's go. One more question here. Uh, MGR underscore UG. How do you manage to watch so many games? For me, one Laker game is like a two hour thing. League pass after the game in Europe. That's like the entire day of free time that I have. How many games do you watch in a day? so it used to be I would just focus on the Lakers games and then I would go out and catch highlights or or if there's a story that people are talking about on Twitter I would go and and check out the team in question and and I would focus on the important parts of that story so that I could keep up to date and 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 still have my own opinion on on this thing that everybody is talking about but uh, I do now have an office with its own tv I have my uh, computer set up with two screens there. Um, I have the the I have a laptop if I if I have to do this. So there are nights where I tell Jen, "Hey, there are too many games on this Wednesday. I need to be able to keep track of all of them." And I'll put my laptop here, and I'll have three computer screens in front of me and the TV behind me. And, and that's usually sufficient to be able to, to watch. There's never more than like four big games uh, that, that are worth watching 48 minutes of. 
uh, on any given night. So I'm usually covered in that respect. And even there, you're going to miss things. So I always have TweetDeck open for exciting moments that I can go back and revisit and, and, and again, be updated and, and formulate my own opinion on. It's exhausting. Some of those nights are really tiring. And, and uh, if the Lakers happen to be playing on, on one of those nights, I don't normally have all of those other games on. My focus is on the Lakers. That's where my bread is buttered. Uh, but if, if the Lakers aren't playing and there are a handful of games that I, I really need to, to keep an eye on for locked on NBA purposes, that's where that's where I, I'll pull out all the screens and, and, and sit here and monitor everything and try to learn as much as I possibly can under under that kind of situation. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Lakers podcast. There are some questions here that I didn't get to. I'm going to record with Pete tonight after the game, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll relay some of those questions to Pete. Another reminder, uh, we are underway with our locker room app uh, partnership, and so I need you guys to go and download Locker Room. Uh, the app is uh, on the iTunes store. You can download it. And basically, it, it allows me to have a conversation with any of you uh, almost directly, right, where I have, I open up this show and all of you guys tune in. And if you guys have a question or a take or something like that, I can literally welcome you into the show and you guys can come on and, and, and give your take or ask your question and then I'll answer it or I'll respond to it and and we move on from there. It's a really fun thing. Those shows are going to be a half hour-ish or so. And so I, I uh, and I'm going to be doing that once a week. Normally after games, I, I, I'm thinking we'll see uh, what that looks like just scheduling wise, either after games or in the afternoon. So I can give you guys an excuse to to not pay attention at work for a little while. Um, and, and that's what I'm thinking there. So again, check out the Locker Room app, download that, and and then I'll let you guys know probably on Twitter or on this show when I'm going to be hopping hopping on there. Until then, have a great rest of your day, make somebody else's, and I'll talk to you in like eight hours or something.